Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. Been very pumped this year. We've had a lot of great guests. We've had a lot of great support. We're climbing each episode, more listens, more people tuning in. So I can't thank you enough. For everyone that is new here, as I always say, please give us a like and subscribe. It's how we grow. And for the the regulars that are coming back, I mean, what would we be without you? So thank you so much. Um, bit of a twist today because I do love my cricket. It is the uh, the sport of Australia, the summer of Australia. We love cricket. And we haven't really had too many cricket guests on. And we caught a big fish today in Todd Murphy from the Victorian Bush Rangers, the Sydney Sixers, and of late, the uh, the Baggy Green's been donned as well, mate. So thank you for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me, mate. I don't think I've ever been in the back of a van like this <laughs> yeah, before, but I'm embracing it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, as we said before, first guest that we've seen have a fan come up and ask for a selfie before you've walked on. That was slightly intimidating for me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been a bit of a different world since I've got back from India, but um, it's nice to always get that sort of stuff from little kids. And I think you can see like, yeah, when someone does see you and notices you, it does make their day a little bit. So it's, it's not much to give back from my end. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. It's pretty good. And we're actually around a cricket ground too now, so the irony in that. But before we go into um, some of the cricket stuff, I mean, what, what's been happening with your life of late? How's, how's life been since you've come back from India? Yeah, different. It's off season now. So sort of just try to take a little bit of a step back and um, sort of reflect on what's happened over the past sort of six, 12 months. It's been pretty crazy and it's been hectic. So enjoyed a bit of time off now. And um, yeah, I think it's the same as every athlete. You have a couple of weeks off and then you sort of itch to get back into yeah. it. So been around Melbourne for the last few weeks and um, yeah, been enjoying it. Where, so you're a big golf guy too, aren't you? Have you been playing a lot of golf? I like my golf. I wouldn't say I'm great at it. So oh, you're not um, anyone? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I sort of I enjoy getting out there every now and then. I probably don't play as much as I would like to. Um, mm. It's all it's hard with sort of travel mid season to feel like you get a flow with your golf because. Mm. Um, but then yeah, having a bit of time now, I've tried to get out in the golf course. But with Melbourne weather, it doesn't make it easy as well. Yeah, where where would you say your strengths and weaknesses lie on the golf course? Um, it's a if, great. If qu- there are any strengths, it's a great question. <laughs> My drive can be good, but right. the last few rounds I've played, I've sprayed them both ways, which doesn't help. Um, <laughs> okay. But the last the last round I played, which was Sunday, we only got through four holes. It was absolutely belting oh, down with rain. Right. But um, the last drive I hit, I bombed it straight. So I'm going to hold on to that for a while. <laughs> oh, right. But that's what keeps you coming <laughs> exactly back with golf. Right. Yeah. So I want more now. <laughs> yeah, I want more, yeah. yeah I'm, um, I'm not bad off the drive. I I have like a, I capitulate when it's like 50 yards, yeah. 80 yards from like the green or around the pin. Yeah, I'd say my weakness and my eyes aren't my strength, so my putting's not great. <laughs> the, attention to de- the attention to detail that you need for that doesn't, yeah, doesn't yeah, well, hold me in great stead. The, the, so what's the story with Tiger Woods? His dad, when he taught him golf, he started like putting first. He worked his way back with all the clubs, Yeah, well, I which think shows how critical that is. Definitely, and I think being a cricket, all you want to do is stand up there and just try and bomb <laughs> yeah, it. So yeah. the little touch stuff doesn't help me. But I actually, speaking, I actually saw a swing of, um, and probably typical Steve Smith, but his <laughs> golf swing is as unorthodox as it gets. It is ugly, but I think- Does he, it work though? I, well, I actually haven't played around with him, but 
knowing him and knowing the way he thinks about things, I think he would make it work and he'd, yeah. he'd find a way to do it. Like surely that's like, I can't explain it. We have to maybe put a clip on it. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like a, <laughs> a slash, I don't know, crouch. It almost looks like a six-year-old with arthritis <laughs> yeah, trying to swim yeah, the club. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, we also, we have very good friends at Dabble who support our show um, and learning this because obviously I've got into my horse racing heaps more since I've, started working with Dabble, but you actually own a horse. I do. Um, I don't say that very proudly because it's not very good. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've always grew up around horse racing. Like since I was little, dad's always sort of had shares in horses. So um, yeah, always used to go to the racetrack with dad. He'd pick me up on a Friday Arvo from school and we'd head down to Melbourne to Mooney Valley and that sort of stuff. So loved it. Um, and yeah, I've always sort of wanted to go into a horse and opportunity popped up with some of my close mates and family, but yeah, it hasn't been a good one. Man, I saw a clip the other day of a group of five guys. They bought, oh, it, oh where was it? In, might have been Aintree. Is that, I think it's in the UK. Yeah, okay. And these guys bought a, a horse for 1,200 pound and it won a race and there was five of them just going nuts. And they were so happy. And I was like, man, I think that might be the height of happiness. That's, that's <laughs> like, what I, like, imagine me and, that. Me and my mates talk about it all the time. That's, I think, pinnacle of what you want. Yeah, like, like one everyone, group one. Yeah, everyone dreams of that, like having a horse, but it's not that easy. Yeah, I've, I've not, found that out. So do you, do, when you, when you pun on horses, do you have like a pretty calculated view of what you're doing or are you a bit hit and hope? Depends what I'm doing. But yeah, if I'm just sitting there on a sad day having a few beers and watching the races, I'm happy just to throw some darts and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's that's me as well. Um, oh, mate, we've, for those that don't know, your your journey in the probably the last 12 months is, I mean, it's been pretty extraordinary, especially, I mean, I don't know if it's even more extraordinary as an off spinner too because, um, like, it's really sort of not as many positions in the team as, you know, a batsman or even a, a medium pace bowler or fast bowler as such. So to get this sort of level of what you've achieved, but just to reel off some, obviously you've had a pretty strong start with the Bush Rangers um, in your first class career. You've had a great run with the Sydney Sixers. And then for those that don't know, um, which mind boggling if you don't, um, Todd Murphy's antics in India, getting picked for, with the baggy green and like what a performance you had over there as well. Um, playing for Australia and, and playing against a batting lineup that's arguably the best in the world too. But has life changed since then? Like, I mean, you, you're pretty well known. Like, for instance, the reason why I say life's changed, there was a few people from Sportsbet um, that went over and there was a bloke that was wearing glasses and painted the 36 on the back for Todd Murphy. So <laughs> pretty surreal. It is, yeah. There's been some sort of stuff that's yeah, happened, I suppose, over the last couple of months in particular that, yeah, it's definitely like caught me by surprise and I'm trying to just embrace sort of what comes with it. But yeah, it's been it's been crazy and I don't really know how to explain and um, sort of what's taken place because I think it's all happened a lot faster than what I ever expected or hoped for. So um, <laughs> yeah, for. It's, been, it's been amazing. But um, I think like I always try and bring myself back to um, like how I was brought up and that and like life hasn't changed in a way, but then there's also little things that, that have changed. So mm. yeah, it's cool to say that I'm an Australian cricketer and I've got the baggy green now. So, um, but also that doesn't, um, yeah, mean anything to yeah. a lot of other people. So just to, to go into, cause I want to go into your cricketing journey a little bit before we sort of go into the heights of India, but, um, playing that well in India too, with, the population they have and the fanatic nature they are with cricket, like that almost would have blown you up. I can't think of a bigger test series outside of the Ashes um, that can sort of blow someone up if they do really well in. So I imagine the Indian fan base sort of looking after you would, would be, well, maybe, maybe not a fan because you bowled so well, but give more eyes on you, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And like, I think it going over there, it opened up my eyes to how big sort of world cricket is and, um, yeah, they're just like frantic for the way they love their cricket and it's hectic over there and, 
they do, like their knowledge of everyone is amazing. So um, I think, yeah, sort of, I don't think going over there, many people sort of knew or expected much from me. So to be able to make a bit of an impact was pretty cool. And I think, yeah, people appreciate that. Absolutely. So what, what got you into cricket? Where did that inspiration come from? Because you grew up in, was it rural New, New South Wales, yeah, you'd say? Yeah, so grew up right on the border of, Echuca, uh, of New South Wales and Victoria, sorry, in Echukamima. Um, right. I'm a New South Wales boy. So oh, that's I, what I was going to ask, though. Uh, Can we claim you? Cause... No, I'm a Mima boy, so that's New South Wales side, but... Um, Were you born in Echuca though? I was born in Echuca, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no hospital on the New South Wales side. So, um, I wonder why. But yeah, from <laughs> from there, I think sort of, I've always been, like with my cricket, always been a Victorian, if that makes sense. So Melbourne was a lot closer than Sydney. Mm. Um, but yeah, growing up back home, dad was pretty influential sort of around the local clubs back there. And I think sort of from, yeah, as early as I can remember, he was captain coach of the Miami Cricket Club and um yeah, my, I suppose, first memories was just always on a Saturday with um, down there at the A-grade cricket and we used to just love walking around and pestering all the older blokes and um, taking stealing all their gear and just the love from it there. And it helped. I had an older brother who was three years older than me and he was mad into cricket as well. So I think sort of, yeah, from the backyard to indoor cricket to, um, yeah, dad's cricket, sort of the love for it just grew from there. Were you always bowling off spin? Nah. I nah. feel like that's a common thing though, isn't it? Spin yeah. you kind of adopt. I think it, so. And like, I think, I don't think Ospin was very like fancy either sort of growing up. Like I think Nathan Lyon's actually done an amazing job to make it, yeah. to make it cool in Popular. a way um, <laughs> and people want to do it. So like growing up, I always loved Warney and that sort of stuff with leg spin. But um, yeah, I was a batter that bowled medium pace sort of until I was 16. So Oh really? So um, that late? Yeah. So it hasn't. It's sort of, and that's like what I said before, it's happened really fast. Sort that's of, like six years ago. Yeah. So obviously the best best thing I've ever done. <laughs> Holy um, shit. So, yeah, it's pretty – Imagine if you started bowling at 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy when I sort of reflect on that. And, um, yeah, it was a it was a point in time where, like, I sort of – I didn't enjoy bowling medium pace that much sort of that age and sort of thought, why not bowl off spin? And um, it sort of yeah, grew from there. So what, like, the mechanics of off spin for you learning it at such a young age, was that something you were quite natural at? Is that something you had to go sort of tirelessly and work at? Because it is – an art form. Like yeah. when you hear uh, about to call him Gary Lyon, Nathan Lyon, talk about it, he speaks about it like it's not just bowling a ball. Like it's an art form. It's, you know, there's, it's a chess game. There's yeah. so much to it. Yeah, I think, well, when I first started, I probably didn't have the knowledge of that. So I was lucky enough, uh, a really well-accredited spin coach, Craig Howard, was from Bendigo. So um, I went down there and did a couple of sessions with him. Um, and I think I had I had quite a good base to work from just naturally with the way the sort of ball come out of my hand, um, which I think is a pretty key thing that can be hard to teach. So, and then from there, he sort of just worked on my mechanics and um, how I sort of moved into the crease and all that sort of stuff. And then I think, yeah, as I grew as a player and the more cricket I played bowling offspin, I think all that sort of stuff um, comes with that. And like, I still um, look at, look at Nathan now and like he's 35 or whatever he is and he's sort of um, still developing and getting better. So it's, it is a long process of, like being a spinner, that it does take a long time to sort of master your art. And I think you're always evolving. What's the what? What would you say is the hardest thing to pick up or to execute when you are bowling off spin? I think the the thing that sort of I learned pretty early on was being an off spinner was you got to be able to just cop getting hit for six all the time and like and not letting it affect you too much. So um, that was sort of a big one. I think as a younger kid, you can sort of get a bit flat on yourself if that happens, and you might think that you're not going as well as you are, but. I think once you learn that's part of the game and um, with a batsman playing shots and you're in the game as well, it can help. Yeah. Funny you mentioned that because I actually was wanted to wheel into Shane Moore and one of, my, one of the things that um, 
I loved hearing Warney talk about, particularly when he's trying to educate young spinners, is that be prepared to get like smacked around and yeah. be okay with it. But like, even though you've hit the heights you have, is that something you can ever get comfortable with? No, definitely not. And I know like within myself that that's still it's like still evolving. Itches, right? Like yeah. you get hit for six, you never like it. Yeah. Um, but I think it also does um, it sort of G's up a bit as well and you want to, I'm trying to prove a point and get back at the bloke that's just run down and launched you. So, um, yeah, 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 it is. I don't think it's something you ever get completely comfortable with, but I think the better you can deal with it, yeah, the better you're going to be. Yeah, just to go into Shane Morn, because what what made you not want to bowl leg spin? If if, if, what was sort of spin? It's a lot harder craft. Is it it harder? Yeah, I think there's a lot more variables and a lot more that can probably go wrong with it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I was sort of as naturally gifted trying to, I always like stuffed around in the nets and I'd try and bowl leg spin. I'd try and bowl off spin, but I think off spin sort of naturally I could control a bit better than leg spin. So it made more sense to me. I, re- I reckon you could still bowl a mean leggy though. Uh, no, I'm not sure about that. Well, ha- let's be, let's be honest. Like I, I can bat okay, but I'm not great by any stretch. Like if, if we're on a turf wicket and it's turning, <laughs> how many balls do you think it takes for you to get me out? No, well, you just run me through your upbringing with cricket before. And the, <laughs> but, the, yeah, but I haven't played you, The people you yeah, around with. I'm, I know. I'm not sure that I am getting <laughs> no, you out. <laughs> mate, yeah. You've got some big fish out in India. I reckon you could. But if, you, if you're if bowling to an average Joe, like playing third grade cricket here, like what? Well, how many balls do you reckon you could? Like, if I take you to India on those pitches, I'd, I'd back myself in one or two. <laughs> really? <laughs> they were doing everything over there. But That's awesome. Nah, it's, I think it's, yeah, it's different. Like different conditions can play a big part of that. And it also, like I think it, as a spinner, it helps if batters are trying to score off you. If, if guys mm. don't want to go at it, obviously it makes it a lot harder as well. Because even like the, and this just comes back to the point about spin and why it is such a tough art form. Because there could be a bloke in a first or second grade team like playing state cricket or whatever that can smack you around still. Yeah. Because spin sometimes it lofts up, it sits right, and you can you can still hit it. So even an average joke can yeah. bump you around. Hundred percent. But you you'll get them out. It's just a, <laughs> a process of you know they're going to get a few runs in the first place type thing. So yeah. that's why it's hard for sure. And I always always gag with my mates. Like they play syntho cricket back home, and they're always like, "Mate, if you come and play with us, you get absolutely whacked everywhere." <laughs> like, <laughs> really? It brings you back down to earth pretty quickly. Uh, saying that, yeah, but it is, it's like bowling spin. It is one of those things that I think every batsman as well sort of stands there and goes, "I can hit this for six. So yeah, that's part of the fun. One person. And I mentioned before, and legacy just comes to mind, and obviously what he's done. But Shane Warne, like I, I wanted to spend some time talking about him with you because obviously he's not just influenced cricket in general, but the like the game of spin, um, pretty pretty insane. I mean, what's what was sort of your influence of him and your take on Warney? Yeah, I was actually lucky. So Dad played cricket at St Kilda. Um, with Warney and they played in the first eleven premiership together. So <laughs> sort of um, yeah, it's funny how it works out, but like. Yeah, sort of always had some good warning stories growing up. Um, oh. But I think, yeah, as you sort of mentioned, that's what he did for the game and sort of he was probably the first sort of Australian rock star from cricket um, with the way that he was able to, yeah, I suppose promote himself and um, just the impact he had on everyone else around him. So, yeah, I think growing up around that sort of era, um, watching a guy like that, you sort of you looked on the TV and you thought, wow, like, I would love to do that sort of thing one day. So. It's pretty crazy what he's been able to do for the game and um, obviously, yeah, tragic what happened to him, but I think he's left sort of a lasting legacy on on everyone that's um, a cricketer in Australia. 
What what was the gutting ball? Is that like something you look at? Is there a wicket that you've looked at at his that stands out to you? Yeah, the gutting ball. I don't think you can get any better than that from a pure ball sense. <laughs> yeah, but I, used, I don't think he even says it was a fluke. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I, I used to love like when he'd talk about bowling spin and when he um like was setting a batsman up and he used to talk about bowling him a cut shot so they could hit him for four, but knowing that a couple of balls later he's going to spin one back through the gate and like just to have the confidence to be able to say that's what you were planning on doing and yeah. it works just like yeah. blows my mind because I know that I'm nowhere near that and never <laughs> really? will be like it's just it's crazy to know that he can just give up a four because he wants to get him out a couple of balls later yeah so he's, like, he's a tough cookie yeah just the confidence he had in himself and that sort of stuff was crazy he um I think he did something for the Melbourne Stars where he like set up a bloke and he set it on the mic yeah it's exactly yeah. that and, that and was, it like skidded through he's like this one's gonna go straight and just yeah. pinned him over and I'm like wow like the I guy's a genius yeah I think like listening to guys sort of older guys speak about like when they play with him as well I think that was just him like yeah. he just had that insane sort of knack of knowing what was going to happen and was always sort of a couple of steps ahead of the batter, which is, yeah, bizarre. Yeah, he was good on the sledge too, mm. which which the Aussies would love. Yeah. Are, you, are you much of a sledger? I mean, like, no, nah, uh, I don't you, think I've positioned myself <laughs> at the moment. But in be, any form of cricket, you don't you don't do it. Uh, You've got to have some runs on the board at state cricket. Gone and, through and, phases. Like when I was younger, I was probably a pretty lippy kid. Um, <laughs> but I think I've grown up enough now to realise that I don't need to do that. And yeah. I just out there have a good time and I don't say too much really is it at the at the highest level because every, obviously everyone's so talented and there's small margins is there a lot of chat going on in the cricket field at that level like to, was, to kind of off put people I was actually really uh, surprised by how nice the series was played in India I was sort of going over there with the expectation it was going to be pretty heated and there was going to be a fair few sort of verbal stouches but it was actually played in really good spirits which took me by surprise but I think like you still see it I don't think it happens as much as it used to, but in state cricket, there's still times where like <laughs> if there's, and like four day, five day cricket, there's a lot of things that go into the game and like it does drag out at times and it sort of, it peters out to things where there's not much happening. So there's always yeah. someone trying to pick something up or yeah, get something going. It would, it would be remiss of me not to ask you, this is a hard question because I'm putting you on the spot, but the, the best sledge you might've ever heard on a cricket field. Oh, um, yeah, I would've got plenty. Yeah, um, I can imagine. And you know what? Cricket, like cricketers, they're so witty on the cricket field. That's yeah. why I love I love the like sledging game. Cause it's, I don't know if I've got a witty one for you. I think just back, like I look back to my, like when I was young, I would have been 14 or 15 when I was playing sort of A-grade A um, country cricket and just the abuse that you'd cop from older guys <laughs> that I don't think they liked a young guy sort of coming through. And as I said before, I was like, I had a little bit of confidence back home in that. And yeah, there was, there was um, always a guy like, wanting to put you down and telling you that you're no fucking good or something like that. And yeah. You fool yourself, mate, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, nothing that stands out. Uh, when So what was the – because obviously you – I mean, we're going to claim you as a Victorian because yeah, you were I'm born a Victorian. A Victor Victorian yeah. But there was obviously – I'm sure New South Wales was a possibility for you. What was the – I guess the decisive factor for you to be a bush ranger? Yeah. I played sort of both pathways growing up. So I did the New South Wales pathway and the Victorian pathway. Um it was just like, I don't think there was really a decision. It was just so hard, like being from home and I was still going to school back home that like you'd go to a carnival in Newcastle, which was 11 hours away. You'd go to a carnival in Melbourne, which was only three hours away. So right. just like the commute wasn't really feasible going the New South Wales way. So right. it sort of always made sense to me to come to Melbourne. And um, as I said before, having dad who played for St Kilda, I sort of always aspired I wanted to come down here and play for St Kilda as well. So do you, have, do you play of, for St Kilda? Yeah, so St Kilda uh, yeah. is my premier club. Um, oh, how good's that? When I first moved down to Melbourne, I didn't have a state contract, so played. Um, yeah, my first two years at St Kilda before I got a contract. So yeah, hold that. Yeah, in good memories as well. Can can we discuss? I don't think people in like 
cricket fans in general probably don't watch enough Shield cricket to understand, but it, uh, how hard it is. Like it's a pretty good standard, isn't it? From like what I've been told and from what I've heard, even like the big bash and stuff. Like we're we're really well regarded for our domestic yeah. sort of cricket. I mean, how for you, how difficult? was the jump from maybe where you're playing for St Kilda and then straight away like, bowling against New South Wales and Queensland yeah. and stuff. No, I think our domestic setup sort of as strong as anyone around the world and I think that probably comes back to the fact we've only got sort of six teams playing in the domestic competition. So I suppose the talent pool is quite small, um, which means that, yeah, the quality of players is quite high. So it's definitely been a yeah a challenge. I remember I played my first game for Victorian Shield cricket and I got a wicket my first over and I didn't get a wicket for another like 45 overs and I was like walked off the ground of that game going wow this is tough like yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to play this again and, <laughs> really? like, I think it's just it's always one of those ones that it, it just takes you a few games to get used to and confidence at the level so yeah but yeah and you get like when there's the test players back playing state cricket and that like the yeah the competition is so strong yeah the the early stages of your career playing I think you played the under 19 sort of world cup yep. or stuff like that for Australia I mean, the young talent we have coming through, is, is that shining bright for Australia in regards to, I guess, the next wave of cricketers coming in your sort of age bracket? Yeah, definitely. I think I look back to the Under-19 World Cup and um, we probably didn't do as well as we should have over there, but I think you sort of look at it and um, like countries like India and that, I think they grow up with like kids leave school to just train and play cricket. So they're... Really? I think they're, like, their development's probably fast-tracked a little bit, um, whereas I think... Like what we do so well in Australia is that I think we're able to maintain development for a lot longer period of time. So we might not be at the same level as they are sort of at 17, 18. But, um, yeah, I think when you get into a professional system sort of at 19, 20 that we develop um, at a good rate consistently. So, yeah, I think that the talent that's going to always come through Australian cricket is going to always be there. Hey, Legends, just a quick break in this episode to thank our partners, Dabble, the gambling agency, where you dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Please only bet what you can and are willing to lose. Now, Dabble is one of the great platforms out there. I absolutely love using it. Very similar to Instagram, where you can follow some of the head honchos in the different sports, copy their bets and get some good wins on the board. Now, Fortunately for me, I've been working with Dabble for over a year. This year, we are doing a stream every Tuesday night. It's called Jake's Take. It's from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. where you can go in the Dabble app. You can join me. We get guests on every week. We bet on the dogs. We have an absolute ball, and they're talking about sport and cutting up the shop around what's going around town across all codes. So come on down, check it out. Dabble socially, gamble responsibly, and let's get back into the episode. Is there anyone that we, the... Australian cricket fan hasn't heard of that you think is going to be oh, a, a big player come through? Because, like, obviously, Will Pukowski for ages was yeah. kind of that guy that everyone was hearing about and so yeah. forth. But do we we always seem to have a superstar. There will like, be one come. And I, I've been sort of out of the pathway system for a couple of years, so I haven't seen many sort of come through lately. But Even in st- even in state cricket, there's so many guys that are yeah. playing well. And- Teague Wall is a young guy that plays for WA that um, I think is going to be a really good player for Australia for a while. And... Um, yeah, Cooper Connolly, who I'm not sure if you heard of, but he was the one that won the um, the Scorchers of BBL. So oh, really? Nineteen year old, eighteen year old kid that come out and whacked like twenty off ten balls to win them the game and the title. So I think they're two WA boys that are probably going to have pretty good futures in the game. We love, I love hearing the inside of knowledge on cricket. It's the best. because you played all the formats. I mean. Do you personally still find Test the best format? Because obviously T20's taken off, 100-ball cricket now is around and paying big big money for certain players. Like for you, what are you a cricketing purist when it comes to the longer format? Yeah, definitely. I think um, as a cricket lover, like the pinnacle of the game still Test cricket and I don't think that'll ever change for me. And like, 
yeah, getting the taste of over in India. I absolutely love that. But as you said, there's so much um, variety in cricket now and sort of people, I don't think you can begrudge them for sort of wanting to go down the path of just playing white ball cricket with sort of the money that's on offer and the lifestyle that you can sort of have from it. So there definitely is going to be, it's going to be times where players are going to prioritise white ball cricket over red ball cricket and mm. with the with the lucrative deals and all that. But yeah, for me at this stage anyway, like it's definitely red ball cricket comes first and that's what I want to be. Did you did you ever watch the, I mean, I'm sure you did, but the Prime, um, the test? Yeah, yeah, I have seen that, yeah. did, Was Amazon in uh No, they weren't well? over there. Oh, so wow. I just missed out on that, on that <laughs> no, little thing. No, no camera so time. It would have been cool to sort of see how it played out behind yeah, the yeah. scenes with it but it was I watched it I actually watched the second season before I went to India because I was like I just want to get a bit of a gauge of oh, imagine how, watching it knowing you're going to go in it was, <laughs> that yeah, is fucked I was like I want to watch it just to sort of get a little bit of understanding how it sort of all works so um, yeah it was pretty cool to watch that sort of stuff well yeah because Manus Labuschagne speaks about he probably up until India maybe then he'd never played a test for Australia where they weren't around the camera yeah, crew because yeah, from his debut at the Ashes till well, up until the last series mm. He'd never not played in front of them. Yeah, they've, I think it's – and it's like credit to Amazon for sort of jumping on that quite yeah. early and getting in because, like, it was a good watch. And I think, like, for the just the general cricket fan that wants to sort of understand what happens sort of behind the yeah. behind the scenes, it's cool to see. Mate, the first the first season, I was, I was like, riding the Joffre Archer bounces knowing that I knew what happened but still hoping Steve Smith would get out of the way of the ball. Yeah, it's I'm like, fuck me. Yeah. What am I doing here? I'm on my couch. But one of the things that stood out to me, and this comes back to test cricket, was um, I never really understood, and this may not be correct, but the word test was like to kind of – it's a test of like the, the body, the mind, everything in regards to like five full-on days of like high-level cricket. I mean, what what sort of throughout that period is it can be a bit of a roller coaster because you might make a hundred and then you might nick off for one or you might not get a wicket in the first innings and you take ten. Like, how, how do you sort of ride the emotion through a test match? Because I can imagine it's it's a pretty intense five days. Yeah, I think I actually got a fair taste of sort of everything over there. Like you spoke about the test of the body. Like I come back from India just cooked. Like I was really? sort of banged up. I'd never bowled as many overs I had over there before and. Um, and like, it's just, yeah, it is, it sort of just drains you mentally as well. Like you sort of, you play it up to be this massive thing. And like, I look back at my first test and like, it only went two and a half days, but like at the end of that two and a half days, I was absolutely spent. Like, I think just sort of everything you play up in your head and, um, yeah, yeah, all the adrenaline that sort of goes through it. And then as you said, you might have a high of taking a few wickets and then the low that comes with it. Like my first two batting innings, I got a duck and two runs, something like that. So you walk off the ground pretty flat on yourself for that and then got a couple of wickets which picks you back up. And mm-hmm. I think it's sort of just, yeah, it is a, it's just a weird one where like not many sports, or don't, if any, go mm-hmm. for that sort of period of time. So I think you've got to, uh, and a lot of the older guys speak about it, you've got to be able to keep yourself pretty level sort of across those five days to, to get yourself through it. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, a lot of there's a lot of famous cricket stories of like people nicking off early and then they're just a shit bloke for four days. <laughs> like I feel like when you play at that level, you can't afford to nah, do that, can you? No, nah, you can't. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to go into the whole India experience, but before we do, because I, I know even me, there was ramblings of um, yeah, the Australian cricket team is going to take more spin bowlers. They're going to you know get a bit creative because of India and so forth with the wickets. And obviously you've got outside of Nathan Lyon, you've got Ashton Agar, you had Swepson. When when did you know you were sort of in the category to potentially go? And then what what was sort of the period of, hey, yeah, you're coming to India? Why? Yeah, I think I'd played a couple of Australian A games and gone okay sort of in the six months leading up to it. And then there'd been a lot of publicity about India and um, what that was going to look like sort of as a spin um, point of view. And 
think my first few games for Victoria I went all right and I sort of I thought that maybe potentially they might take me just as like development sort of thing and give me a taste of what tour life looks like and go over there and learn about those conditions but yeah, I don't think I ever expected to actually be over there and be a chance of playing so when I found out I was going in the first place I was absolutely stoked with and um, I was like this is going to be the best who, thing ever. Who makes that call to you like what did they say? Yeah so George Bailey who's the um, head selector he called me and I think you sort of, if you're around the mark, like, because there was a period with the, the Indian visa, the way it works, you got to like do it a fair bit in advance. So got an email like two months before India saying that there's like an extended squad. Can you guys, like, there might have been 35 players or something like that. So a pretty big pool. Right. But it was, yeah, can you guys apply for a visa just in case you're selected to go? So, um, <laughs> torture. Yeah. And then sort of, and then the lead up to that. And when, like, you, you sort of get notified of when the media announcement's going to be made of the test squad. And then the players usually get notified a day or two before it. So, yeah. um, yeah, Bales called me and sort of just, yeah, said that we've selected a squad and we want you to be a part of it. And, like, yeah, it was sort of, I don't know if I remember much else that was said after that phone call because, like I was just, yeah, stoked with it and sort of couldn't quite believe it. But I think at that time as well, I didn't really think that I'd be going over there to play. Right. I thought it was sort of go over there and I might be the, yeah, the sort of third or fourth spinner <laughs> in, in line <laughs> and run drinks and, yeah, yeah be a net bowler over there. So <laughs> yeah. it sort of, yeah, the whole the whole tour took me a bit by surprise. So like, is that probably, well, is that the best phone call you've ever had? Like, because that's every, every yeah. even like kids that just like bowling, like not playing backyard cricket, they're, they're playing they're envisioning they're playing for australia yeah i think like that was yeah that was one of the coolest days i sort of had knowing that um yeah that was actually going to happen like i was going to go on a test tour um mm. so yeah getting that phone call and i knew that was the day they were going to notify everyone so when i seen his number like pop up on my phone i sort of shit myself in a way i was like Fuck, i hope there's some good news here and it was yeah it was so it was so amazing then was it was it test one you played the f you yeah called it so what heck what, what made you what I guess what do you think that why the selectors picked you for that first test was it was it your form going in was it they took a risk or yeah. they just they knew you would deliver like what what was sort of communication on that Yeah I'm not 100% sure I think sort of we had a good like I think it was a 9 or 10 day lead up before the first test where we had like a training camp and um like bowled a lot of balls there and I think it sort of the talk was around like what sort of um combinations they went with with spin bowling and if they needed a, a left arm offie or if they wanted to play two right arm offies and so I'm not exactly sure what their thinking behind it was um, entirely, but yeah, I think the message to me when I got told I was playing was just to go out there and um, don't change what I've been doing and sort of, yeah, just back yourself in and see what happens. Man, so. It's crazy. Let's go into how surreal, because I think playing the Australian cricket teams are a pretty big deal and sure, but they always there's always that saying, which I know you wear, the, the biggest job in the country is the Prime Minister, the second biggest is the captain, yeah. the Australian cricket team. So to play for the Australian cricket team, even though you knew it was going to be a big thing, like did you realise how big it was until you're wearing the baggy green, you're bowling your first ball, you're in the field or you're batting? Yeah. You know, did, did it, all, can it kind of hit you or was it what you expected? No, nah, it was way more than I expected. I don't think you can quite play up to what it was. Like I just look back on that whole first day of the first test and sort of how it all plays out. Like the cap presentation, I think that's going to be like one of my favourite memories ever. Like yeah. just sort of standing there knowing that you're about to receive your baggy green, which like every kid that grows up loving cricket, like that's what you aspire to have. So, yeah, um, yeah having that and then sort of, yeah, how the, like the next couple of days played out was – yeah, far more than I ever imagined. And, um, yeah, it was just a crazy few days. Well, hey, can you – like? and I always love trying to give the listeners a feeling of what it's like in your shoes and eyes, but, like, can you try and explain how big it is, like, that occasion? 
Like, oh, is, is it too hard I, to put it? Yeah, into I don't know words. if I'll do it justice, but I think like, I think like for me, it just I reflected on it with like everything that I'd sort of done over the last 10, 12 years with my cricket. Like that's what I always aspired to do. So to actually have that come to fruition and like be out there, it was just it was like just so surreal and. Like even sharing a field with like the guys you've been watching on TV for the last like oh, yeah. ten years, it's like fuck, this is actually happening. Like there was times like, I remember before I bowled my first ball, like I was standing at the top of my mark and like my legs were shaking. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I was, they really? I was like, fuck, this is like, I don't think I've ever been as nervous to bowl a ball. But I was like, fuck, this is actually happening. Like this is Holy just crazy. Shit. Like I'm about to bowl a ball in Test cricket, and yeah, yeah, from there I think when you get into the game a bit more, it sort of settles down. But yeah, definitely a few like yeah. first where you just catch yourself and go, wow, this is happening. It was speaking of the um, cap 465 you got from yeah. Nathan Lyon. Like that was a pretty powerful speech. He's a great speaker in regards to when he gets um, sort of deep and meaningful. I saw it. I mean, he, I think he teared up when yeah. he gave Travis Head his cap. But just going through that, because I think your family was there as well. Um, and I love that sort of initiation process they do where they give you the cap, they give you sort of everyone gets around you and so forth. But what what was that feeling like, especially having like your old man there, who I'm sure would have been, you know, super stoked, maybe happier than you. Yeah, I think it was so good, like to be able to share that moment with them, and like they went on a bit of a mad dash to get over to India. So, <laughs> yeah, um, for, yeah, for them to be able to get there in time and share that with me, um, yeah, and that cap presentation, like to have a guy like Nathan Lyon, who, um, yeah, for the last sort of ten or however long I've been bowling off spin for, has been the guy that I've sort of idolised and wanted to be like and to have him present me with my cap and know that I'm about to take the field with the Australian cricket team was, yes, yeah, it was amazing. Nah. Do you remember what he said? Yeah, I do. He, he gave me two things. He said, never forget why you fell in love with the game um, and all they can ask for me is just compete as hard as I can. And yeah. So there, that was sort of the two things that no matter what happened throughout that series, like I, I try to keep myself pretty level to that and just enjoyed it for what it was and don't get too caught up in the highs and lows of what's going on and just have a good time and then compete as hard as I could and see what happens. Now, you know what's fascinating listening to Todd talk about this is because very humble, speaking about how surreal it is, and you'd think, oh, you might be shy the occasion. Look, India may be spin friendly, but you took seven wickets in the first match, which is nearly 50% of the possible amount you could take. So did you expect that you would have an impact or what, what was were you just in a rhythm once you got going and you just kind of gotten that sort of, I guess, um, sort of present space where you just stop thinking about anything else and you're just bowling off spin. Like, is that what, what sort of happened there? Cause oh, I think it was pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. I don't even know if I can explain it, but <laughs> like it was just, yeah, I think it was one of those ones that just, I had a little bit go my way, like a little bit of luck. And, um, I think yeah, everything just sort of aligned and I look back at the first, the, the night of day one, where I got my first wicket. I think that sort of calmed me down nicely because I was like, okay, I've got a wicket now. All the who, was the, who was the first one you got? Kale Rahul. So, <laughs> Jess, um, Jess, is he captain? Kale, no, he no. was with their white ball team. He yeah. was their vice captain of the test team. Fuck, he's a, he's um, a big fish. Yeah, so that was – like to get a wicket sort of day one, I think that sort of settled me down nicely for the game. And then, yeah, come back out the next day and it sort of – because there's only two spinners playing and that was like what we were bowling majority of the time. It was one of those ones that you just sort of – you knew you were going to have a pretty big part to play in the game – from an overs point of view. So, um, yeah, and it just was lucky enough to have a few things going away and get a few wickets. Well, the the thing as well is what what's um, why India is so amazing to watch is not only are they superior at cricket and obviously tough wickets, but if you look at their, I always think from like the player's perspective, if you look at their batting lineup, mm. like to get through one or two of them is a freaking huge challenge, let alone like their top six or seven that are probably the best batters. Like you think of the players that, don't bat for India, that could. There's a huge list. 
So the ones that are in there are, are legendary. Yeah. So it's like, is it grueling to just get one of them out? I know it sounds stupid, but I mean, they are like the best in the world almost in, you know, each, each, each one of them. I mean, you've got yeah. Coley, you've got KL Rahul, um, Pajara. It's frightening. Yeah, it is. And oh, that was that was sort of the series. Like if you just never felt you could actually make inroads into them, mate. <laughs> like you'd get a wicket and then the next guy would come out and all the way down to number nine, like they just kept coming and like it was it was tough work for everyone and um but and that's what I think makes cricket over there so good and makes going over there and trying to win a series so hard um mm. as well because you know how good they are in their own conditions. So yeah, it was obviously it was a tough challenge, but awesome in that as well. What's the, what what wicket were you proudest of? Uh, in India, I mean, who was the biggest fish in India? Um, I think the one I was probably the most happy with was. <laughs> See, there's too many. There was, fourteen in the test. I think, yeah, the first <laughs> test where I got Jadeja out and we left it. I think I was probably most happy with how that was set up. I like that sort of. I felt like I'd sort of in the couple of overs leading up to it. I felt like I was sort of knew what I was trying to do, and to have that come off where I was able just to sort of slide one back in with, and. Um, to hit the stump without spinning was sort of what I was hoping to do. So that was nice. And then the couple that I got Collie with was probably my highlight as well. Yeah, oh, that, was, that was good fun. That's what I was going to say. Is that that's something you'll never not talk about? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, I think like. He's, yeah. the, probably, he's one of the great. Uh, Justin Langer said he's the best batsman he's ever seen in life. Like, and yeah, that's huge. it was like how easy he made it look when he was over there was ridiculous. And like, yeah, to have a couple of really good battles with him, I think like no matter what happens for the rest of my career, career I think I'll always hold that pretty highly and be yeah. able to reflect on. Pretty yeah, fond of. It's a pretty because cricket's a pretty blokey game in regards to you. Obviously, leave a lot of it on the field. You have a beer after type culture. Was there anyone from India that kind of gave you props? Because obviously, they're pretty like if they're talking about spin bowling, you know they're talking legitimate. But did anyone sort of give you words of advice or come over and say well bowled, mate, and stuff like that? Yeah, that they're was, all they're all really actually um, really good. Sort of at the end of each game, they all come over and said really well bowled, mate. Like awesome work, and then. At the end of the series, um, yeah, Ravi Ashwin said some really good words as well, which was pretty cool. And like he was saying, yeah, how impressed he was sort of by my versatility and that over there. So to hear, yeah, stuff like that was was crazy. And then um, Rahul Dravid, their coach, who's an absolute god over there, um, he came out and said that our spin attack was the best spin attack they've sort of played against in the last 10, 12 years. So that was like to hear that and like to be a part of that was pretty crazy as well. So. Yeah, it was it was an awesome time. <laughs> well, are you so now because obviously I think the next big series is it, was is it the Ashes? Yeah, so we got the World Test Championship final coming up, which is against India in England, and then uh, following that we got yeah five Test Ashes series. So it's pretty yeah it's a pretty crazy time coming up. Is is that for you like even though because obviously India there was conditions there was all that sort of stuff. Now you've actually gone in and made an impact. Is that a selection dilemma for that? Like have you given the selectors a headache here, which is a good thing? Yeah, or, I hope so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think like obviously it's sort of completely different conditions going to England now and um, I don't think there'll be probably a time where they'll play two spinners over there. But um, yeah, even to be a part, like a part of the squad would be pretty cool and just sort of see how it all goes and um, go over there and be able to learn a bit about English conditions and um, yeah, be there as backup for Nathan Lyon would be pretty cool as well. So yeah. hoping that that might come my way, but yeah, I have to see what happens. Interesting. Well, speaking of um, uh, Nathan Lyon, Gary Lyon, I always call him because of the, the keepers and... People behind the stumps always say Bowen Gary. But um, what's it like playing with him? Because he seems like probably the most relatable bloke like going around because he's pretty down to earth. He's pretty funny. But also then he goes out and he's like winning test matches off his own bowling. Yeah. So he's kind of like this god, but also like you can, you feel like you know who he is as a bloke at the same time. 
Yeah, definitely. I think I think all the boys still joke about like he's one of the most nervous guys there is. So, is that, yeah, what what Marcus, does he do to make him? I like, don't know, but I, before I made my debut, Marcus Harris, who's plays for Victoria as well and has played for Australia, he messaged me. He said, "Congrats, mate, go well." And I was like, "Thanks, mate." I absolutely shit myself. And he goes, "Well, you won't be the most nervous bloke out there. Just remember that." So, <laughs> like, it's pretty well documented how nervous he gets. But I think it's probably just comes back to. And especially over there, there's probably a bit of performance anxiety for him and he knows how big of a an impact he can have. So um but yeah, him for me like in that especially that first test match where I was sort of just feeling my way and still pretty nervous out there. Like he was a great influence and um was able to yeah, come up and talk to me all the time and calm me down or like just yeah. let me know what's going on and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, and I think like for him he's just I don't know, he just continues to get better and better. And um, like I think he's sort of growing in confidence now and he knows how good he is, which is it's cool to see as well. Just the, that, the, probably for every Australian cricketer ever that's come into the test side, but particularly this this um, test squad, like when you walk into that change room, you're looking kind of left and right. And there's probably like a legend in every seat. Um, like what was that like, the camaraderie? sort of trying to adjust to not being a fan but like a yeah. teammate because that I can imagine is is tough. Like for me, if I sat next to Steve Smith, I'd probably catch myself just watching him like, that's fucking Steve Smith. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like did, yeah. is, did those moments kind of happen to you? Yeah, definitely. I think the boys took the piss out of me a fair bit. Like, just <laughs> really? the, the way I sort of shadowed Nathan Lyon, like I was sort of just following him everywhere. And, <laughs> like, I just, yeah, it's one of those things that like the team they've got over there, like there's – yeah, there'd be half a dozen guys that are probably going to go down as some of the greatest players oh, in Australian history. So, like, for me as a young guy, like, I am a bit of a fan as well. And, like, you, I've grown up watching it and it's cool to be a part of it. And, like, yeah. you're just sort of loving and embracing what's going on and watching them. most of them have been playing in this test side for, like, across the last 10 years. Yeah, they've got a pretty, like, well-settled side. Yeah. Um, I think that was that also what made it really good to come into. They were all quite comfortable with each other and... It's a pretty settled um, changing room, which was good to be a part of as well. Yeah. Speaking of um, blokes shadowing each other, it's been well documented, but I wanted to get your view on it. Is the smudge Steve Smith and Manus relationship, yeah. like, is that entertaining to watch? Is it genuine? Like, is it is it fucking, are they as weird as it looks? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've met two rarer people, but like, <laughs> right, it just, really? it just, why are they rare? I don't know. They just work for them though. Like, they just, I think they're, and when it comes to cricket, they just, I may think about it differently to a lot of people, but like, in just such an in-depth way and they've just got like an amazing confidence in the way they think like you're wrong, I'm right, like I'll make this work for me. It's it's quite crazy. Like they're just so strong-minded and that's obviously what makes them so good. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a weird dynamic with them too, but they well, make it work. Like, were you, I mean, obviously you've been bowling against great batters, you're bowling against Coley and so forth, but watching Steve Smith and Marnus bat up close, like is it as crazy and efficient and just amazing – as, as it probably should seem. Yeah, I think like what stood out to me was just how um, confident they were in their method and like they just didn't go away from that at all. Like they just, they stuck to it and then if they felt they could tinker with something, they'd tinker with it and be confident that mid-game or mid-series that whatever change they made, they were good enough to execute as well. Like and the work they put into their training and like how long they'd bat for in the nets and that and um, yeah, how precise they were there with them was pretty amazing to see. Is there Was there anyone when you're sitting in the pavilion watching from an Australian standpoint where when you watch them bat, you're like in awe? Um, yeah, like it, it, it might was, not be the obvious one, but just someone that you'd yeah, like, this guy's a superstar in those conditions over there was like it was tough to be well, there's um, really hard to bat, like, right? yeah, yeah, there was a lot going on, but I think, um, a couple of innings that Usman Kawaja played, um, like just a bit different to everyone else, the way he swept, and that was was quite amazing to watch. But then the one that stood out for me, and it was a bit flatter in the last test, but I think Cameron Green 
I think he's going to be like he's going to go down as one of our best players ever. Like he's yeah, everyone talks about. He's it. scary good. And his batting hasn't like I don't think because maybe the test average or whatever, but like he is an unbelievable batsman, yeah, isn't he? He is, and I think like he's just growing in confidence. And that first hundred to get over there, I think that'll like he'll go he'll go on from now. Like and he's yeah, I think he's going to be a crazy. Because how player. old is he? Is he your He'd age? He'd be a year younger? older than me, so twenty three. And he's what? How six foot? Oh, he's massive. Yeah. So he's bowls. He bowls quick. Yeah. And I mean, is it? Does he have the potential to even move up the order? Yeah, I think so. I think he could bat sort of wherever he wanted to bat. But <laughs> really, he's that I just, good. I think like with how good he is as a bowler as well, it probably makes it hard to bat at sort of three or four with the demands of what you need to do in a game. But yeah, he's frightening good. He's kind of experienced now as well. Mm. Like he's he's been around for like three, four summers. Yeah, exactly. So, and he's only a year older. So that would have been a bit weird to kind of connect with him because yeah. he's your age. But like this guy knows, like yeah. he's been around this system for a while. He has. And I think that's sort of, like I think you can see now how comfortable he sort of feels in that environment and you can see his confidence is growing. But it was nice to have someone like similar age over there as well that you can relate to a little bit. Um, if we go into uh, just probably your summary of what you got out of India yeah. experience because you, you play four matches, you took yeah. 14 wickets, good average. Obviously, it was tough with the bat for anyone, but you got to experience like high level um, cricket in in India, which everyone said is probably the toughest tour away. But sort of, if you could summarize the India experience, like for you and what yeah. you got out of it, yeah, it was a different world over there. Um, but I think, like from a cricket sense, what I got out of it was just a bit of confidence. And um, I think going over there, you always, and I think I've always sort of doubted myself a little bit with off spin bowling and sort of what I can do. So to be able to go over there and compete at that level and um, yeah, know that what I'm doing is working in a sense that that just gives me confidence coming back here and then knowing sort of what I can work on to get myself back to that point. And, yeah, that's sort of getting a taste for that's what you want to do for sort of the rest of my career. So. Do, you, do you, When you play for Australia, do you have a spin coach? I mean, is it or is it like I'm Nathan Lyon? I'm, yeah, no. I probably know more about this. Than Dan Vittori is a bowling coach. Oh, he's Dan um, Vittori the bowling coach? Yeah, but obviously helps. he was a world-class spinner as well. So that was that was quite <laughs> cool. To, is, yeah. yeah, that was quite cool to have him there and um, be able to bounce ideas off him. But, yeah, I think it's sort of – it's quite rare for a sort of a spin – in a tour to have a spin party there. So it was sort of – it was good <laughs> to have sort of four or five of us there to bounce ideas off as well because it's usually only one or two that travel. Why is it – what is it about the Indian tracks that – makes it spin so much like for because everyone always talks about like yeah. day one people are open the bowling would spin it so it's weird yeah i think they've got different soil contents in their wickets over there um which obviously are more spin abrasive and that and then yeah i don't i don't really know what it is but um and they're so like their spinners have always been so good and um that's just one of their biggest strengths so they play up to that and mm. they make the wicket spin and they know that that's the toughest for anyone to play against oh, so oh god was there um well actually i want to ask you this cuz i want to ask you your greatest uh australian cricket 11 of all time okay. todd murphy yeah. what what would it be cuz great question cuz we've had a pretty like in our lifetime yeah. we've had a pretty fortunate is, period to is watch. this just what i've seen or no i'm going to go historical right. but i want it australian australian selections only yeah we'll go with um, Matthew Hayden, this test match as well. Yeah, test match. Oh, yeah. so this is opening batting. Yeah, We're Matthew Hayden, and I'll go David Warner. David Warner, yeah, beautiful. Um, Two left-handers. Bradman, Ponting. <laughs> That's fucked. Um, Bradman's at the three. Yeah, Bradman can go so three. Ricky's Ponting gone four. down. <laughs> um, jeez, Steve Smith, five. <laughs> Um, this is it's tough. Yeah, this is tough. This. <laughs> have you never thought of this? No, nah, I don't have an end all rounder because the bowls will do the job anyway. <laughs> um, six, Greg Chapel. 
Oh, he's gone Chipelli. Um, seven Gilchrist, eight Warren, nine McGrath. Is McGrath going to bat at nine? Nah, probably not. <laughs> he can go to 11. No, um, no offense, Glenn. Oh, God. Now there's two more quicks to go in there. Um, I mean, we've got a pretty good quick team now. Then you've yeah, I'll Brett put, Lee. You've I'll got put Pat Cummins in there. You've got, uh, what's it, Dennis Lilly, Jeff Thompson. Jesus. Yeah, we'll go Lilly. Lilly yeah. and Cummins to finish it off. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's an that's elite lineup. Yeah, that is an elite yeah. lineup. Oh, my God. <laughs> and there's probably 10 or 15 guys that quite comfortably <laughs> yeah, come into that as yeah. well. Yeah. Ricky Ponty get four. Yeah. Stiff. <laughs> Bradman, though, ahead of him. Have you ever met Ricky Ponty? Um, I think I have, but. That would have been five or six years ago. So well, I find myself, and this is cricket geeking me, I watch him do his coaching speeches at Delhi Capitals. Yeah, how good is it? Fuck yeah. me. People, he's like Coach Carter. Yeah. Like, and he's just so, everything's on, he hits a nail on the head. Yeah, no, spot on. Yeah, he's, I don't know what, what like, is that, is that common in cricket for a coach to have that much power and influence? Because I feel like cricket's always been a little bit untraditional where it's like the coach is there to facilitate yeah. Not dominate. That's yeah, it's definitely, definitely the captain's job. Yeah, I think that's that's very true. And I, th- I don't know, I, I don't know if there is anyone that sort of speaks about the game as well as he does. And I think it's one of those ones that what he says is just what everyone listens to, and it's correct. It's just spot on, oh, mate. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna round out. I've got two things for you though before I go. And this yeah. maybe the first one I'll let you sit on. But the first first one to sit on favorite cricket saying. So, there's, there's quite a few. Yeah, there is. There's a few mystery ones out there. But I'll let you think about that because we do have a, a question we always go to on the podcast and it's how we round it out. But we attest three key traits to being successful in business or sport, and all three are important. But one that sort of made Todd Murphy, Todd Murphy, resilience, driver, ambition. Which one would was critical in your journey? You've had a pretty yeah, speed question. rocket drive in the last 12 months. So. Um. Yeah, they obviously all play a part. I think I'd put ambition at the top, though, because I reckon that sort of fueled everything else. Like the right. ambition of playing for Australia has always been there, and that's something that, like, I've always said I wanted to do. Um, so I think, yeah, sort of drive and resilience in the background plays a big part in that, but I think the ambition was what, yeah, what made me turn up to training and oh. what made me work hard, so... I probably hold that the highest. Just on the and quickly on the baggy green, is it is it like wearing a cloud? Like it looks like the most comfortable hat ever. Doesn't I wouldn't say it's fashionista type <laughs> look, but it does look like it looks like you put that on and it's just like got cooling and heating and aircon or something in there. Like it's yeah, I think there's just something about it that like it just it just works and yeah, like putting it on even yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. Like first time putting it on or like at the end of the series putting it on for the last time. Like it just has a special feeling when you do put it on. And oh. I think it, yeah, it sort of makes you want to go out there and like, you know who you're representing and all that. So. And what's, with, what's with blokes not wanting to adopt a new one? Like well, why, why, just, why do people, what's the, what's the culture with wearing it into the ground until it falls apart? Well, I think it just sort of highlights your journey. Cause there's not many guys, I suppose, that get to that stage where they've got the baggy green falling apart. And is it a flex? Like, well, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's yeah. a low key alpha move. That <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, this yeah. is, I've that had, is way too fresh. Yeah. Head, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Like I think it just, yeah, it shows how much beer has been poured over it and how many yeah days in the dirt they've had. So oh. it is, I suppose, a nice thing to hold on to. Oh, cricketing saying or, or words of wisdom to the young oh. kids out there that that kind of have always kind of played on your mind when you've played cricket. I've never really lived by anything um, sort of in a cricket sense or saying wise, but I keep putting on the spot here. Yeah, it's a tough um, one. I mean, my favorite one is a Don Bradman. Keep your eye on the ball. Yeah, well, that's, like, that's just I like think, so simple, but it's so with, true. I think with cricket, like a lot of people can complicate it in a way, like with how they um, view the game, but. 
it does come back to a lot of the time, I think, just simple things like that. Yeah. Like, and I think even the best like players in the world would come back to that a lot of the time if they're struggling a little bit. It's just to go back to watching the ball and that's what works for them. So That's a great answer. Um, yeah, I think cricket can be complicated, so keep it simple. There we go. I've got a feeling this podcast, and hopefully we get you back on, but this podcast over time is going to get even greater and greater with uh, Todd Murphy's journey because only, what, 22, 23 turning this year. Yeah. Um, this world is your oyster, mate. Bowling, bowling spin for Australia doesn't get much better, mate. So thank you for coming on the Unlaced podcast. We absolutely appreciate it. And I reckon we got to go out there and have a, have a look at this deck, this green pitch. <laughs> no worries, mate. Thank you for having me on. I enjoyed that. Pleasure. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.